0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network we all take on different roles every day one minute you're a parent the next a chef or a driver
1: Support for the FYP podcast this week is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Modern grooming isn't just about up top, I'm looking at you Joel Ward with your perfect hair, but also down low. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels and kindly sent us their electric trimmer so we gave it to the most modern man on the FYP podcast see if you can work out who from this following review. My balls are smoother than AJ's head and my turf is more groomed than the Selhurst Park Pitch. I'm very impressed with Manscaped. Unlike Frank Boer, you definitely won't be sold on a dream and be disappointed with the reality. Manscaped has redesigned the electric ball trimmer and has just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0 in the UK. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, so you won't end up with the Maran Shemak downstairs. The battery will last up to 90 minutes something it would be great if palace did at times and the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower plus it has an led light for those evening games under the lights and it comes with a convenient charging dock powered by usb and if you enter the code fyp at manscaped.com you can get 20 off and free shipping that's the code fyp at manscaped.com your balls will thank you right on with the podcast uh. Hello and welcome to Pardew's Hot Pants, the nostalgic spin-off from the FYP podcast. I'm Jim Daly and joining me for our Christmas special episode, I have... Two very Christmassy men in front of me One of them is Richard Foster Who is wearing the same shirt I was wearing a minute ago So I had to actually change uh, How are you?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm very well I'm glad I'm in sync with you, Jim It's probably the first time ever um, <laughs>
1: I don't know.
2: Christmas is still a bit too far away for me to get totally Christmased.
1: Well, this episode, um, I'm putting this, today's theme is the 12 days of Christmas, which we'll explain later. So I'm going to put this out on Saturday the 14th, because I believe that then takes us to the 24th. And my yeah. understanding is those are the 12 days of Christmas. I might be wrong with that. So, but we're recording on the 12, on the 10th and you're still not feeling Christmassy? well
2: no we're getting our christmas tree today so i suppose that that will be the breaking but i mean a lot of people around here have had christmas trees up for weeks yeah i mean i know we're in an unusual year but come on stop doing it i don't know i don't want to sound a curmudgeon but it's too early
1: (laughs) um uh, jesse Boyce is also here Is, is your christmas tree up yet
3: it is indeed i um moved the roof box to one side to make enough just enough room to put a uh a tree on top of the car, but parked outside the garden centre where there was a queue a formed rapidly as I was trying to strap it to the roof. I had an audience which just, it was something I didn't need. Um, but thankfully it all went well and, it, and when I came home the tree was still on top of the car.
1: Um, <laughs> That's good. So,
3: uh, that was my ideal last weekend. But in footballing terms, it's felt a bit like Christmas hasn't it, ever since Project restart. The way they've spaced fixtures out ever mm-hmm. since June, I think it's going to be really hard going back to the old way. When, mm-hmm. it, when I mean, I would take it because it would mean reality has gone back to normal. But it has felt a little Christmassy in terms of a sort of the pattern of spacing out games. And so no, there was sort of minimal clashes, and you could kind of catch every game. and it's however. going to be like
1: that over the next few weeks because Christmas is a busy period anyway. So there's going to be. Football on pretty much twenty four seven, which is going to be amazing, and the three of us can claim it's work related as well. So you know we have to we have to watch it. Um, yeah, it's yeah going to be My
2: wife's got a bit tired of that argument now. It's, <laughs> it's when you're watching, you know, Burnley against Brighton on a sort of Saturday night. She's she's not happy.
1: Well, hey, work's got to be done. Yeah. Um, yeah well, in fact, this is going out obviously just before the Spurs game. So some people, Jesse, will be going back to Palace. So I wasn't all three of us aren't lucky enough to have had a ticket for it but um, there is that semblance of slight normalness going back so that'll be interesting to see what that experience is like for those 2,000 people that go on Sunday
3: Indeed um, it's been there's been a few highlights hasn't there just watching the first few fixtures with, with fans in I think you know seeing Klopp in front of the cop, um, punching the air that was even though it was to a handful of fans it's, it's great to see Um it'll be an interesting experience i know you've mentioned jack pierce is going to kind of cover it a little bit yeah. his match day experience on saturday so we we'll look forward to that um it's going to be a, a strange one just the, you know as we know attending the football is much more than the football and it's, in julian Chennery's words don't let a day at the foot don't let the football ruin a day at the football <laughs> um, so we know that there's much more to it than the, those 90 minutes um and this is you know Huge step in the right direction. So I'm sure we're all looking forward to seeing how that progresses to the next stage.
1: Indeed. Um, so today's episode is called the 12 Days of Christmas with a Y, like Crystal Palace. So that is, that I mean, that is a tedious pun. I apologise. Um, <laughs> where we're going to pick a Palace player and or link to Palace. I'll be honest, I've gone quite rogue of mine for each of the stages of 12 Days of Christmas. And we'll be doing that in part two. In part one. Uh, Of course, what we normally do is sort of catch up. Now, our listeners, Richard, will have heard at the start the pre-roll. We are sponsored this week by Manscaped, who are the premium grooming people for below-the-belt male grooming. Um, And if you visit manscaped.com and enter the code FYP, you can get 20% off and free shipping, which is a good deal indeed. I didn't want to put you guys... You know, which Palace player's got the hairiest balls? I didn't think you'd want to talk about that. But we thought maybe we might mm. pick a palace player with a great tash or a great beard from down the years.
2: Well, I mean we've we've had a few, and you know, I think we have mentioned on this pod previously. Uh probably my favourite, in fact, I'm wearing a shirt that would he would have possibly worn. Uh Don Rogers. Yeah. Yeah, he had a he had a tash and a half, that boy. He looked like he'd come off, um, you know, a spaghetti western.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because he had this sort of droopy, <laughs> yeah. sort
2: of conquistador type moustache. Fresh from a shootout wanted. with
1: Clint Eastwood.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and fresh from the Swindon Magic Roundabout. But um, he, was, um, he was a great player, great tash. I mean, we've had some fantastic facial hair, and we? Even recently with, obviously, Ledley and Jednak mm. and but you know it's um yeah i don't think i'd want to go below the belt i just want to go above <laughs> the chin basically so i'll leave the below the belt stuff to you guys
1: well wow i mean that's very much the theme of this podcast <laughs> I mean there's obviously you know there's there's a there's a question whether the palace players who were well groomed upstairs on the face were as well groomed downstairs. You know, who, we'll, we'll never know, but you know, maybe they could have done with Manscaped. Um, who was your favourite well groomed upstairs footballer, Jesse, that played for Palace?
3: I only know them upstairs, so I couldn't comment on any other <coughs> variety of hair. Um, I was thinking about the first players I remember see, seeing in the flesh who had tashes, and it must be Nigel Martin. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was definitely the first tash I remember on a footballer. Um, I think goal key, goalkeepers love a bit of facial don't they? Even like Tony Coates, remember him? Wow, yeah, Man City, yeah. Man City? as well, not yeah. yeah, I think I think it's it's, it's the keepers' domain, isn't it? <laughs> uh, in historically, but I do remember wasn't it a Movember when a few of the players signed up to do it at the same time. I'm that beard started off as a tash. Yeah. Needed did look a bit Jim Cannon esque.
1: Well, that was gonna be my pick, was Jim Cannon. I think Jim Cannon's Tash, I can imagine, probably had a whole changing room to itself. I mean it was it was dominant, <laughs> wasn't it? And we just don't yeah, yeah. You're right, I'd forgotten about the Manscaped thing, but we you just don't see a good tash in football anymore. I can't really think of any footballers that have had a decent tash in the two thousands or the twenty tens. It's just it's not it's just not a thing anymore. Which I think Richard is a bit no. of a shame.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you miss the tash, don't you? Because beards, for me, I had bit, I obviously had a bit of an issue with beards because I thought if someone had a beard, they were hiding something. <laughs> um, and, a, you know, a tash, what used to be, personally, it would take me about 25 years to grow, anything like that. But, um, you know, it, it did look quite distinguished, didn't it, having a tash. And it, having said that, you said that, I cannot think of any player Currently, who's got a tash? And it's it's a it's a crying shame. And I think we have to bring back the tash.
1: <laughs> Agreed. Hashtag bring back ha- hashtag tash. Have we done yeah. a facial hair eleven? I feel like I asked that last episode. I don't think we have. So maybe uh, that's maybe that's it's one been talked about. It's been talked about yeah. a lot. I reckon one of our future episodes will be a palace uh facial hair eleven. Just Speaking of tashes, though. Richard, your blog this week on the football mine um, is about a player that did once have a fantastic tash. We couldn't, I can't remember if it was when he was playing for Palace or for Arsenal, but it is, of course, the legend that is Kenny Sampson.
2: Yeah, I I don't think, I think he grew the tash at Arsenal, maybe to disguise the fact that he was really a Palace player (laughs) through and through. But, I mean, he was, he's actually, I think, one of my first Palace heroes, because he was, he came into the team when he was only 16, which... It was very young then. I mean, I know you get sixteen, seventeen-year-olds now, but that was really incredibly young, and it was part of that amazing youth team that won the FA Youth Cup. I think they won it twice, actually, uh, and then developed into, as we know, the team of the eighties. But um, yeah, I was just a fabulous player, and and still, for me, I, I can't think of a better left back still. I mean, I know we've had quite a few good ones, but I I don't think he can he's been beaten yet. I'm 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 hoping obviously Tyreek develops and becomes even better than him, but um at the moment I can't think of a better left back that's played for Palace.
1: No, certainly up there. Ashley Cole for me is prop I mean it's more my era, probably the yeah, best. But lonely, he was a low-knee. I mean we we have hmm. actually I think we have quite a romantic relationship with left backs at Palace, actually. Um Tyreek we hope will become one uh dean gordon was a massive favorite mm. for me in in the 90s now obviously your blog uh richard which will be up by the time this episode goes out at com, got to make sure we get the yes. link in um it's obviously about kenny's recent struggles and we we won't go into them too much here but we do obviously all from everyone at fyp not just here at party top Bands, we send all our love and, and our besties to kenny don't we
2: yeah i think you know i think it's been well chronicled um the troubles he's had and you know the statement came out from the club earlier this week about uh the fact he's now come out of uh, hospital and he's hopefully on the on the road to recovery and you know he is suffering from a form of dementia but fortunately that dementia is actually treatable unlike many others but um yeah say so I, I don't want to delve into this because obviously we're trying to uh, 12 days of Christmas like but um, I, it's it's been a, a tough thing to write but I think it's well worth it and hopefully Palace fans will uh, appreciate it when they read it.
1: Excellent, so you can check that out now at thefootballmind.com um, and we do obviously send all our best wishes uh, to Kenny from everyone at FYP. Um, before we move on to our 12 days of Christ. I have to say it like that to really <laughs> emphasize that why. Um, Jesse, you've been very busy at the father, at the moment, haven't you?
3: Thanks for the shout out, Jim. Yeah, I've been doing these kind of infographics of how goals are scored for a little while. It was just a little bit of a side project, really, um, for a few years. And I've just sort of tried to work out a system that works for most goals, actually. And it, it kind of does work now for any typical goal. Some look better than others just depend on how complicated or just the flow of the build-up. I try to get as many players as possible in in the build-up and that requires a lot of research. The number of clips I have to watch on YouTube to try and work out which player might have had uh, the deftest of touches uh, in their own half in the build-up to the goal. I do that kind of digging and sometimes it involves just trying to find their shirt number Sometimes I have to identify players by what colour boots they're wearing and then spot them in the, other, in the rest of the footage I mean, to worst, see who they are. I mean, there's
1: worse uh, research for work to do, isn't there?
3: Yeah, but it's good fun. Anyway, long story short, uh, last chance to order for Christmas. <laughs> and, um, I, yeah, so it's com. I've got over 130 goals now.
1: Fantastic.
3: And um, I had some interesting requests. I do custom requests as well as... Um, the ones that I already have done. Yeah, because you've got you've got uh,
1: Darren Ambrose up there for Palace at old Trafford.
3: I've got AU against West Ham. I've got Townsend, I've got obviously the Zaha goals at Brighton. There's about seven or eight goals now.
1: But it's a good uh, it's a good idea if anyone's had a real a real special goal for them. Maybe it's a goal from their first game or a particular game they loved, you could make it for them and it's a nice memento of a moment, you know, that means a lot to someone.
3: Yeah, I think people do seem to be some people really go for it. I think that it's you know especially when we can't go to the games you probably do look a little bit back a little more fondly than ever before on uh, those match day memories and it's, it's different different clubs really go for it the I've, I've spotted a pattern that Sunderland West Ham Leeds, and Newcastle fans get particularly excitable about these these kind of products as gifts mm-hmm. and the, the sort of they're the sort of clubs that have Really got rich histories and do have some really iconic goals. Even, and I've I've learnt a lot myself. I got asked to do a derby goal against Benfica from 1972. Wow. I didn't even know they played ever played Benfica. Oh. Um, a goal by a guy called Kevin Hector just mm. left uh, left peg into the top corner, and so I've discovered uh, all sorts of matches that I didn't know about. But a, a little nugget came out, Rich, that I thought you might <laughs> like. Uh, I got asked to do a, a goal. Um, I won't say the club, because that would give it away. But I got asked to do a goal for a team in the play- in a playoff final.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: And the team they were playing against lost. Right. And had four ex-Palace players in it. Who might that be? Oh, Riky. Well,
2: thanks yeah. for that, Jesse. Richard's
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, Bridges know we're not going to be able to concentrate
1: on this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm going through that. it. I might have
2: to get my book out. and, and just,
3: for,
2: uh, Roughly oh. what era are we talking, Jesse?
3: Right, cool. it'll be the year 2000. Oh, 2000. Okay. And there's a team, team with four players who probably, some of them played before. Well, the before. championship with the tier two was Barnsley-Ipswich. Was it that? That's right. It was Barnsley-Ipswich.
2: Oh, yeah, because he'd have had, with Miller in goal. Yep. Ah. And then, God knows who else would there. Oh, um, crikey. crikey. Yeah, no, well, anyway, I've got it. 4-2. <laughs> no, You've
3: done already done better than I would ever do. <laughs> four so two. the only time a, Ipswich
2: have ever won the playoffs and they've been in it eight times.
3: Random game. Tony Mowbray scoring for Ipswich.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Scored who scored he known pro- goal f- for us at Selhurst?
3: about a year yeah. before. So the four so the four players who were who are Palace alumni were Miller, Bruce Dyer. Yes. Yeah, Neil Neil Shipley. Cool. So those three started the game, and then Jeff Thomas came off the bench. Jeff! I didn't. That late? Yeah. The 2000 playoff final.
1: Bruce, Bruce Dyer still lives up in yeah. Barnsley and invited me and a few other FYP people to play in a tournament at Oakwell about five, six years ago now against, like, a Bruce Dyer 11. <laughs> oh, some Barnsley fans. That's right, Barnsley fans. Um, that was a random day out. Anyway, very nice guy, Bruce Dyer. Um, shall we? Oh, Goalfather.com, just to remind anyone to... Uh, Get involved in that. Shall we crack on with part two, Richard? I've got a nugget for you as well, but I'm going to save it till after the break, Uh, and then we'll crack on with the 12 days of Christmas. Christmas. Stand up, baby. Let me see where you're coming from. Stand up, baby. Let me see. Hey,
0: hit me. Good God.
1: Party's Hot Pants, the FYP nostalgic spin-off series, and this is our Christmas episode, counting down the 12 days of christ I'm going to stop saying it like that. Um, before we do that, Richard, we had, you had one nugget fired at even part one. I've got another nugget for you now, that a Palace fan called Tim Everly uh, DM'd me on Twitter, and Tim regularly DMs me Palace Facts. And this isn't a Palace one, it's actually uh, a Newcastle United fact, but I just thought it was interesting and you might like it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, from Richard Jolly on Twitter at rich jolly. Newcastle United were founded in 1892, and they currently have 1,892 league wins.
2: Really, that guy Richard Jolly is—he's a nugget. He's a nuggeter. He, he Is that what you call each nugget. other? Yeah, we, we often uh, swap nuggets. There's a sort of <laughs> nugget exchange going on. Nugget but he, I mean, he pulls stuff out that you just cannot believe. You know, yeah. I mean, the research involved. I don't know how he comes across it, but yeah, those are the sort of things we
1: love. Well, there you go. Look, we're going to start. We're starting part two of that nugget. We're now going to move on to the twelve days of Christmas. This will be interesting to see how this pans out. Now, this was suggested to us. In the last few episodes, I've been forgetting to mention who suggests a lot of our themes. This was suggested by a listener called James Lane, and I'm going to read you out his message he sent us. He put, hi, gents. I just listened to the Pardews Hot Pants International 11. A great episode. At the end, you were looking for ideas for a Christmas-themed pod. How about picking a player for each of the 12 days of Christmas? 11 players, neither manager or sub. I feel like we're going to go off into even stranger, uh, more loosely related Palace people. Uh, so he's given us his twelve days of Christmas. Before I run through his ones, he's also said you should have included Shamak in the Stag Do eleven, as on every Stag Do there's a pretty boy that when you rock up not everyone likes because he's so good looking and is instantly jealous of, as you know, all the girls are going to gravitate towards him. <laughs> when but when you're on the stag it's an advantage as he's the one that attracts the Hendus. There you go. Now, now that didn't happen on my Hendu. I'm uh, sorry on my tag, <laughs> too. Freudian. Yeah. But there you go. I mean, maybe... I mean, Shamak would have been good value, Jesse, I think, wouldn't he, on his tag, too?
3: It might have been a bit of an oversight, yes. Yeah, he would have been, wouldn't he? And, you know, he'd, he'd definitely have a tub of gel with him. Mm. for yeah. the only that, that needed it.
1: Indeed. Uh, right, well, thank you to James for the suggestion. Here are James's 12 Days of Christmas. i want to go from 12 down to one i think that's the best way to do 12 days of christmas isn't it so um he's gone for 12 drummers drumming if fact, actually no. tell you what we'll do it i'll do james's suggestion as we do ours mm-hmm. each time so we'll start with 12 and james has gone for 12 drummers drumming roy Hodgson, because he's the best manager for drumming in tactics so richard who have you gone for for 12 drummers drumming
2: well i took it quite literally and slightly randomly, I went for the Homestale Fanatics because you have a drummer drumming, don't you? And they, yep. they get their drum into other grounds and, you know, when we had crowds in and that sort of stuff. So I, I went for the Homestale Fanatics. I totally um, get what James says about because Roy is very much a drill merchant, so he will drum those tactics into them until they're sick to the teeth of them. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I would quite like to have you know the. I don't think I'd ever like to stand next to the drummer because mm. I think that would be a bit painful. But you know, let's face it, it it does generate uh, a great atmosphere. I know they have their critics, but uh, <laughs> that's who I went for.
1: Now, fanatics drummers drumming. I've also gone for the homestead Fanatics. I have also you? took this one literally. I mean, if they did if the homestead Fanatics did have twelve drummers drumming, I think that would be a bit too much, to be honest. Mm. I think that'd be drum overkill. And I was always the sort of fan that when I went to opposition grounds, Charlton I remember being one of them, and they had drummers. This is before the HF, they had drummers in the in the in the stands. I'd be like, that is lame. That is so lame having <laughs> a drummer. And then the HF got <laughs> one. I was like, this is great. Drums are great. Drums really help yeah. the atmosphere. This is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, we've already started with a non player, which I think is going to be a bit of a theme for this 12. Um, so, Jesse, you got two votes for the HF here. Uh, but have you got, who have you got for your, your one or 12 drummers?
3: I've got the HF written down here. Well, my that's note. extraordinary, isn't it? We've <laughs> all done <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Yeah. Is that the first like... time
1: we've ever all had the same suggestion?
3: Yeah. yeah. I've got my, my, I think you kind of go with the first thing that comes to mind with this, don't you? This whole yeah. premise. And I also wrote down when playoff play off day, because I just feel like, <clears> I still feel those drums. From, <laughs> it's like the loudest you've ever heard it, or ever, this sort of biggest... You know that that famous footage that you that you've seen of our fans versus the Watford fans mm. on playoff day. Um, it was just uh, completely tribal. Yeah. So um, that's that's my takeaway whenever when I think of Palace and Drums.
1: There you go. That's unanimous. I think that is the first time we've ever. All agreed on an entry. So the Homesdale Fanatics. And possibly the last. (laughs) Hey, we'll see. I've got some very random suggestions coming up. Um, (laughs) So there we go. The Homesdale Fanatics are our 12 drummers. Technically one drummer and 11 singers, but they can be our 12 (laughs) drummers drumming uh, for our 12 days of Christmas. 11 Pipers piping is the next entry, uh, Richard. Now, James has gone for. I think you might like this one, actually. He's put. The best Scotsman, Jimmy Mack. Now, can you see the link there between pipers, piping, and Scott? Can you explain that to us?
2: Well, uh, bagpipes, basically. Um, Oh, okay. And, you know, being married to a Scot, I actually had the pleasure of, when I got married, being piped in. Wow. The only problem is I don't really like bagpipes. They make a bloody awful noise. (laughs) And there's that sort of high-pitched thing that goes on. But obviously during... The wedding I didn't complain. Um, <laughs> what tune and,
1: were you piped into, or was it a general bag bagpiping?
2: Well it wasn't that bloody awful flower of Scotland, which is uh <laughs> this is a load of old. losing <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I love the Scots I mean, obviously I love the Scots, I'm married to one.
1: Um but um
2: I can't even remember what the tune was, but it was bag- I, I was... went to... A,
1: was your wedding wedding was it in Scotland? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I went to a wedding in Scotland a couple of years ago and it was in I want to say Perth and it was mm. on the side of a mountain and it was in October. So it was quite sort of um, frosty and foggy and they had someone playing bagpipes there. It was one of the most amazing weddings I've ever been to. It was unbelievably atmospheric. I wore completely wrong shoes. I wore really new brogues. That I bought at Glasgow airport, which got ruined, um, right. but it was, it was one of the best weddings I've been to. It was amazing.
2: Yeah. Well, ours was in June and actually it was so hot. You could swim outside in the morning before the, you know, of the wedding. Oh, I but, and, the couch, and it was quite so. near Perth. Was Blair Gary, which is just up the road. So, you know, we're connected. So I, I totally agree with James on the Scott. Uh, I'm just differing on which Scott.
1: Oh, so you've gone for a Scott as well. I have. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Who have you gone and it's for? a
2: Scott called Jim and he's just been mentioned already. It's Jim Cannon. Yeah. Come on. Um, again, just to stalwart the club, he's obviously, played the most games for Palace. I think that will remain so. I don't. I can't see anyone playing more than... How many he no. played 650
0: 660 games. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, no one's going to do that, are they? No one. So he's going to be the number one forever, and that's why I chose him. But I totally get, you know, that same theme as James in terms of
1: Scottish piping. Well, no, I agree no one's going to do that. Wilfred Zaha has played... 350 games for us possibly now? Three hundred and something. Yeah. Uh but he would have to stay with us until he was well into his thirties and play every game mm. to hit three hundred and eighty-nine games. Oh no, that includes three hundred and seventy-one games. So Wolf would have to play until he's well into I mean that could happen, Jesse. Possibly. Could Wolf could Wilf beat three six sixty? <sighs>
3: What's he on now?
1: 371 It's a I lot mean,
3: isn't it It's a lot I mean he's He's doing well With his General fitness He hasn't missed many games With injury Now He's had no, a good run Before In January Before his Before his COVID bout. He'd done 44 games in a row Or something
0: hmm.
3: So I mean Yeah I mean you'd have, That sort of uh, You'd have to be Some sort of Spironi like Tenure to mm. to make that happen, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I doubt it, but it would be lovely, wouldn't it?
1: It would be good. Um, so, who are your pipers piping then, Jesse?
3: Well, I, I looked at it another way. I looked at it. I, I sort of took my approach to this was to just take pluck a keyword out of the uh, the lyric and run with it. So I took piping as piping up. And so <laughs> I went. I went for Simon Jordan. <laughs> I thought who is yeah. who is guilty of piping up a little too much
2: yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, again not a player I know but it's by association um, I mean have you seen him on TalkSport now he's I think he's I see I see a lot of reactions to his tweets with people saying oh, most most uh, most honest man in in, uh, in the in the media when it comes to football he's got a sort of legion of followers now what, what I find quite amusing about Jordan is he's got his own sort of glossary of uh, cliches, isn't he? Things like he uses the word temerity a lot. <laughs> he, he also says so-and-so doesn't pass the sniff test quite a lot. What is that? I've, I think he first said it about Joey Barton. Um, he sort of uses it as a way like he uses it against agents quite a lot. Anyone who's got a slightly dubious background he says they don't pass the sniff test. <laughs> Never heard anyone else say that but him. No. And, and he also likes saying things like the devil you know and be careful what you wish for which is the name of his book yeah so yeah yeah. he's yeah he's got his own glossary of nonsense which i find quite amusing Um, he's um he's
1: he's very much someone that just takes the uh the contrarian view i think
3: which if if he's talk sports brand
1: let's be honest yeah
3: he's Um, the chief he's the chief piper upper yeah and he's i love how jim white winds him up as well (laughs) prompts prompts him to go off on a rant
1: um I really like how you've taken that and gone with piping up. Now, I've also taken piping and gone slightly different. Well, it's musical again, and it is a Scotsman like you, Richard. I've gone for Dougie Friedman because there was a rumour, and I don't know if this is true, and a listener might be able to confirm it, that when Dougie was at Palace the first time round, he played saxophone, I think, or played a woodwind instrument of some sort. And there is rumours of a duet on Radio 2 or Radio 4... Of Matt Janssen on piano and Dougie on sax. Because so I think Janssen was teaching himself piano at the time. This would have been like 97, 98. And I don't know if that's true or not. But I took piping as in playing an instrument. And I went with... I then, I've then i then got a note here saying any other player in a band at Palace. I'm trying to think of it. Any other players that played a musical instrument? Well, I think Delaney played guitar. I know Speroni plays guitar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there are any other players. But saxophone seemed a bit more random. So... I've gone for Dougie on sax, but I might, I might be completely infactual. This might be not true at all. So I don't know, Richard, should we? Quite well, like need Simon to do Jordan some
2: research, Jim. I mean, uh, you know, if you, if it's true and you can find the clip, then we'll give it to you. But it sounds like a load of hooey to me. I've never heard that before, ever. <laughs> I don't think it passes the sniff test personally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm Googling and I can't see anything that says Doggy (laughs) Freeman's saxophone, but I will research it and I'll come back on a future episode. Um, So that means it's in between Jimmy, Mac, um, uh, Jim Cannon, and Simon Jordan. I think I'm leaning towards Simon Jordan. I quite like that. What Mm. do you think, Richard? Yeah, no, I
2: I like the piping up idea. And um, yeah, why why not put them in? Because, you know, you can't get enough Jordans in there.
1: Well, I mean, this would be 11 Simon Jordans, which again, I feel is probably a bit too Ooh, that's many. quite a lot of orange, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's in. Simon Jordan is our piper-upper, piping constantly <laughs> on TalkSport. Um, ten Lords of leaping is the next one. Uh, Jesse, this is what James has gone for. He's put a goalkeeper, Spironi. So he's gone straight in for that. And I would say my entry, and I've taken the other angle, I've gone for Lord Speroni, because I think if there's any Palace player that deserves the title of Lord, it is Lord Julian Spironi. So we've got two entries for Spironi for Lord's Leaping. What have you gone for?
3: I, I took the leaping and sort of turned it into a Rise Like a Salmon award. <laughs> so I've sort of, I thought, well, who's, who's been a great header of the ball or at least uh, a weapon in the air? And I'm, I'm going to go with Benteke because I just think, He deserves a little bit of praise this week um, for sort of finding his mojo again. Let's see how long it lasts. But, um, nice little diving header he did at the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stooping, stooping header. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I I still, as I've said on a previous pod recently, I still remember that he, when he did score 17 goals for us, he scored about 10 or 11 headers and it was the most headers scored in the Premier League that year and for a while. So, he stands out as a, you know, when it comes to being a threat in the air and being a very good leaper.
1: Yes. Well, Richard, I mean, that, that's a very good argument. As leapers go in recent years, I don't think there's a better one than Benteke. So uh, uh, how are you feeling about both of those and what's what's your suggestion?
2: Yeah, actually, um, I'm, I'm totally with Jesse on this because I went down the same road of... Leaping, getting up high. I didn't choose Benteke because I actually made this list before Sunday. Uh, But obviously (laughs) I've brought him in now because he's on, you know, rich vein of form, two goals. Um, I had Mark Bright, who I still maintain is probably the best in the air that I've ever seen at Palace. He just used to be able to do that amazing thing where he just used to, Ronaldo does it as well, where they sort of in in midair somehow and managed to then head it rather than jumping up and de- jumping down again. So he was my Lord of Leaping because the the best player I've ever seen in the air. But obviously now Christian's gone way ahead of him.
1: <laughs> well I think that's that's decided then I think Benteke is our Lord of Leaping and yeah. because of the timing of this podcast mm. he is uh he's back leaping Stooping, but we'll, we'll call it a leap. Uh, back to his best. We hope that continues in the way that it did uh, a couple of years ago. So our Lord leaping is Christian Benteke. I hope he keeps scoring goals. Um, this one I'm a bit worried about, Richard. I'll be mm. honest. You're quite right to be worried. <laughs> uh, it's nine ladies dancing. Um, let me tell you my entry and James's entry. I was really keen to not go down the Crystal's cheerleader route with this. So James has gone for someone who dances around the pitch or dances out of tackles. Maybe one that looks after their looks the most. Um, he's gone for Mamadou Sacco, uh, which is an interesting one. And I've gone for literally a lady dancing who is a palace fan and possibly even listens to the pod. I'm not sure. Susanna Reed, who was on Strictly Come Dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, and again, we said we've gone a bit away from palace players. Um, that would be my suggestion for nine ladies dancing. Susanna, who did really well on Strictly. And I'd like to get on a guest at some point on the, on the podcast. So she does follow me on Twitter as well, randomly. So oh,
2: she follows me. I mean, she follows anybody. That's oh, clearly follows anybody. <laughs> yeah. Clearly great. Um, was she on this year's Strictly? Combos? No, it was a
1: couple of years ago, but oh, okay, five, well, right. six, seven years ago. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's how I've gone with this one. Let's see how carefully you've approached this subject.
2: <laughs> well, I've, obviously I've done it meticulously. Um, Well, I just went with dancing. Yeah. Just connected to ladies as well. I'm afraid I went with Alan Pardew after the FA Cup final (laughs) dance. Wow. Sorry, because it's a memory that will never I'll never get rid of it. I can't get rid of it. And it's always there. And it's that ridiculous, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me. We've just gone 1-0 up in the FA Cup final. It's all down to me, uh, which obviously lasted about three minutes. But, um, and you can imagine that when Alan does dance, he'll have some ladies with him, won't he? I thought
1: you were going to say Joe Dedley when we were talking about dancing.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's just got a role at CSK Sophia. Did you know that? He's director of football at yeah. CSK Sophia.
1: He'll take a job anywhere, won't he? He will. Okay. I will say that I've got Alan Pardew for at least two other entries. Oh, um, okay. But, you know, hey, it's our list, Jesse. We can do what we want. Who have you got for Nine Ladies Dancing?
3: I'm sorry I did go a bit too obvious with Joe Ledley, <laughs> But I also thought, I thought, who else? There's not really a lot of other contenders for obvious dancing skills. But then I thought about Holloway in the Changing Room at Brighton. Oh,
0: mm, yes.
2: Shout,
3: which I think he wasn't none too happy about. Was it Balassie who filmed that? Yeah. I don't think he was too happy about it, going, it being put out. Going no, I, he
1: wasn't. And I remember thinking at the time, but what's wrong with it? It's it's
3: mm. a funny video and
1: we've won the game and it put, paints him in a really good light, I thought. So I thought he was weird. He was annoyed about that.
3: But I think that's a great suggestion. It's a great video, that, isn't it? Because it's yeah. Blassie completely hedonistic like in celebration. And I think Zaha swears, says we're going to effing Wembley. <laughs> and... Um, and Then Holloway doing some weird little shuffle, which I which, recreated which is, at
1: Remf a couple of years later, which was obviously not not quite as good. It's
3: it's a if weirdly you're, if, you're, if you're a manager who's going to bust bust into a move in the changing room after winning is the time to do it, not mm-hmm. on the touchline with a few minutes to go. So. Yes,
1: indeed, it's a weirdly that 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 video is actually weirdly quite a sort of um, wholesome Palace video, Richard, in a way you, you got. A very young Wilf excited about going to Wembley you got Holloway can't stop himself dancing mm. um, Obviously there was the, the excrement from earlier Which added to the narrative um, I don't know. Really in the video did it? Didn't they, they, they... feature in the video thank God no. But um, I think Holloway dancing and I think that's a great suggestion for ladies dancing what, what Well it's think, a positive Richard?
2: thing isn't it Whereas Pardew dancing is more of a black memory So <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, yes. <laughs>
1: All right, let's put Holloway I'm happy, dancing. I'm happy with that. We, are you guys happy with the fact that we might upset Ian Holloway by mentioning this?
2: But... Uh, no. I mean, he's at Grimsby now. He's, is he? I mean, I if it if you're going to be upset, you're going to be upset. He's another
1: a... one I tried to get on the podcast, but he never replied to my WhatsApp message.
3: Mm. Um, I, might add, I might add that the Pardew dance is a favourite meme of uh, Andy Street. I don't know how many times I've seen him post that in WhatsApp, but it's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, funnily enough He,
1: he likes just... to post stuff That winds us up um, Yeah <laughs> Right The next entry is Eight maids are milking How have you translated This one Jesse
3: So I just My, my summary was Milking it Which yep. players are, are, are famous For milking it At Palace so I just thought of The sick notes And the absenteeism um, Maybe your Kevin Millers Your Jamie Pollocks Your Padovanos <laughs> your, your Nicola Ventilars. Oh uh, although he probably he's a, you know, a bit of bad luck for someone like him. Maybe Ruddock as well. Felt like he was just absolutely having a laugh, wasn't he, <laughs> at Palace? Um, not, having, not having a pair of shorts that fit him on match day, for example.
1: We've had a lot yeah. of milkers, haven't we, down the years?
3: Yeah. Uh, I think there's probably some that I've forgotten for sure. I'm sure you might be able to chip in here, guys.
1: Well, I'll, Richard, before I come to you, I'll read James' suggestion. He's gone down a very similar route. He's put, who, someone who milks tackles for the ref or milks incidents, Jordan are you? Interesting. And he's a I good went, milker. He's a good milker. I went for a player that milks social media expertly from, from Patrick Van Arnholt. Yes. So I don't no. know, Richard, have you gone down the milking route as well?
2: Well, I've gone, yeah, I, I went uh, milking applause. I went down. So I went for the player who's, you know, probably the one that you remember, you know, really going, come on, look at me look at me, I've done something fantastic. And he he, he did do some many fantastic, and, and Ian Wright, yeah, I mean, I do remember him sometimes just scoring and just standing there going, <laughs> wow, look at me. And that, I mean, I was there for that, the last game at the old Plough Lane when he scored an incredible hat trick. Um, and we won 3-0. And he just, he scored one from almost the halfway line. and And I just remember him really... Just going, way, guys, look at me. I am the best ever. And, you know, it, that was my idea of milking.
3: Well, I think... I've, I've, thought, I've thought, sorry, Jim, I've thought of another good milking moment in Palace Street, which was the last time that Liverpool lost at Anfield. Ooh. Uh, the Benteke-Sacco yes. intricate handshake. Great milking. With an onlooking disgust from Sammy Lee. <laughs> Have you seen that?
2: And yeah. Benteke scored twice. So it connects with uh, yeah. the game on Sunday.
3: I actually met um, the, the chief exec, who's I think since stood down, Peter Moore. I met his brother in the pub at the station afterwards, because he, he spoke to me and my wife. And he said, that's the most goals ben has ever scored at Anfield. <laughs> 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 Amazing. <laughs>
1: Um, Good idea, yeah. oh, oh, I think that's a great shout what do you think Richard I mean that was proper milking it wasn't it in front of the Liverpool fans as yeah, well. yeah
2: they absolutely hated it and the fact it is still the last time that they lost a league game at Anfield yeah I mean Same. we're talking what was it now four years that was would was, have been yeah. eight, April 2017 so April yeah. 17 yeah mm. so almost four years um yeah, no, I'd, I'm I'm happy with that idea because that's that is a perfect example of milking.
3: My
1: favourite bit of that, as Jesse says, was Sammy Lee looking on in disgust, and you know that what he's thinking is, modern footballers, they are yeah. they are just the worst, aren't they? These kids with their fancy handshakes. Oh, Sacko's
3: still still their player
1: doing that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh. Can you imagine if it was the other way around? If it was a Palace player doing it oh. against like Brighton or. Mm. or something, we'd go livid, understandably. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so Benteke and Sako's handshake is made so <laughs> milking. Love it. Right, Richard, seven swans are swimming. How mm-hmm. have you translated this one?
2: Well, I was thinking of going down the swan route and Wayne Routledge being from you know, a Swansea mm. player. But I, I turned against that and suddenly went. What about the most famous swan diver in Crystal Palace history, Jeff oh, Cucci?
1: Of course,
2: the big whoosh, that to me is another image, but a positive image. I remember. I mean, he didn't score a huge amount of goals, but I just remember him doing that fantastic swan dive, and then you know the dent in the ground when he <laughs> landed because he wasn't a small chap. Um, I just, I just loved him. I just thought it, that is. That is mad. I mean, he, he's, he's Finnish. I must admit, I've been to Finland once. They're the maddest people I have ever met. On the plane, I've never seen people drink so much <laughs> so quickly. They're just all ordered bottles of whiskey and just neck them back. Because in Finland, alcohol is ridiculously expensive. It's you know quadruple the price. So as soon as they got on the plane, these are the times when you could get on the plane. And you can get a free drink. They just ordered bottles of whiskey. They didn't have glasses. They had bottles of it. So for me, Chef Coochie, Swan Dive is the swans love are it. swimming.
1: Great suggestion. Ties in actually sort of with the maids of milking. Because if you're going to be a striker that milks a celebration, you've got to be an Ian Wright. You know, absolutely mm-hmm. worth milking. <laughs> if you're Chef Coochie and you're milking celebrations like that, but you're barely scoring three goals a season, you are not... On the right path, my friend. But you know what? Kudos to him for the confidence to do that. I tried once at a New Year's Eve party around the sort of same time to do a swan dive on someone's decking and um, didn't, didn't go well. Um, Jesse, who have you got?
3: I somehow took it from swans swimming, swans swimming to divers uh, and went. Uh-huh. Thought, he's, he's a good diver. And by good, I just sort of mean effective. Um, and reluctantly went with AJ. Uh, Um, mm. Well, you know, I don't think he was a diver as such I sort of call it the kind of platoon effect Where he kind of just lifted up his ankles, both ankles at the same time Whenever he felt contact or was under pressure And just made it, look. he just bought some excellent fouls Which of course he converted into a lot of penalties in that season in the Premier League So um, professional diver, I would call him But (laughs) More that he thought he, he was just very good at buying pretty legitimate looking fouls.
1: I remember at the time being incredibly offended that everyone said AJ dived all the time. I was like, no, he didn't. He, every single one of those penalties was legitimate. And then look back a few years later, I was like, yeah, he, he bought a lot of those penalties. But it is a skill. It's a, you know, it's a skill that that sort of ankle flick, actually, that a lot of players do now as well. Yeah. If, we're talk, if we're talking proper platoon dive, the best platoon style dive on a football pitch ever was Stephen Taylor for Newcastle at home to Aston Villa. Do you remember that? The same game, I think, that Kieran Dyer and Boya had a fight and Villa Mm. won 4-0 or something. And he handballed on the line and then did a fantastic... Pretended it hit him in the chest and did a great dive. Slowly got up really embarrassed and the ref was just waiting there with a red card. It was absolutely superb. Um,
2: Here's a nugget for you, Jim, then. Yep. There have been three occasions in the Premier League where... A side has had three players sent off, and that is one of them. Wow. Uh... Just name the other two and we're off.
1: <laughs> Absolutely no idea. The only other time I could think of anyone with more than three players getting sent off was Sheffield United against West Brom, the Battle of yeah. Bramble Lane. Well, I think yeah. they went down to seven players or something.
2: Well, they Warnock kept telling them to yeah, come off injured. To get the
1: match abandoned. Mm. Um, who are the other two then? Because we're not
0: honestly
2: had three players sent off against Liverpool, still only lost 3-2, and the referee had to actually uh, lock himself into his room because the <laughs> Barnsley fans were so... I mean, they had to, he had to stop the game because all the Barnsley fans were coming on the pitch. Wow. And he locked himself in, took the players off, and then had to come out five minutes later. Um, West Ham, including Ian Wright, had three players sent off at home to Leeds. There wow. you go. So that
1: there's would have all a, been in the bucket. 90s. That was all 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right, let me tell you what James has gone for. He put a uh, who swans around the pitch gracefully, he's gone for Yannick Balassi. Mm. And then I went, I went a little bit too literal. I thought about the analogy of a swan in that they're graceful on top, but below the water, they're sort of always working really hard. So I thought of a player who's graceful but hard working, went for Johan Kabay. Um, then I thought, well, swans are owned by the Queen officially, yes. so I went yeah. for Jerry Queen. Oh, um. And then I thought of a swan song. What player or manager has had a fantastic swan song? I thought of Sam Allardyce ending the season brilliantly and then leaving Palace. Um, so those some different uh, translations. The there. idea
2: of Sam Allardyce and the swan though doesn't quite fit for me. He <laughs> no. doesn't. He's never looked like a swan. He isn't ever going to look like a swan. Swan Allardyce though has got a bit of a ring to it.
1: <laughs> um, I really like Chef Yuki. As a suggestion
3: I like that I like Girl. I think that's very inventive Rich I think that's this. You've interpreted that Lyric very, very well Let's do that Let's do that
0: Stand up baby yeah. Let me see Where you coming from Stand up baby yeah.
1: Let me see Hey Hit me
0: Good God Let's on. Ah.
1: Right, let's go. We're into our final six now. Six geese are laying. James went for who lays the best passes. for Gyro mm-hmm. um, I have realised that I've got nothing for this because I meant to come back to it later and I forgot because I struggled too much with this one. So I'm hoping you guys are going to help me out with some suggestions. Jesse, what have you got for six geese are laying?
3: Well, I took it as, interpreted it as layoffs. Whose memorable layoffs and the first thing that came to mind was Glenn Murray laying it off for Dwight yes. Gay with Cristan Ball. Yeah. I think it's absolutely brilliant, that was. I think it was just chesting it into his path. Um, simple, as open and closed case as that, really, for me.
1: Uh, one of the greatest layoffs in Palace history. Um, Richard, how did you translate this one?
2: I went a uh, similar route in terms of laying the ball on for someone else to score. And obviously I went down the nugget route, so I went for the player who's made the most assists for us in the Premier League, who you'll probably guess.
1: Wait, is wait, wait, Wilf.
2: wait. It's Wilf. Oh, it's Wilf. 28, 26, sorry. But then second place, Jason Punchon and Andros Townsend on 18th. Oh. So there you go. But Yeah, laying on, I mean, I think that's, that's the key. As I say, Wilf will probably... Mentioned that you know he's already been mentioned once. He'll probably get mentioned again. But he was my choice for laying it on.
1: Um, actually, I don't. You don't think of Wilf as an assistor, but I guess no. due to the sheer. Body be a few of the penalties.
3: Few, must be a few penalties in there.
1: Don't think you get. Do you get an assist for being
2: pulled out a penalty in
1: FPL? You do. Yeah, I don't think you do in the official <laughs> figures though. Uh, and obviously we all yeah. know FPL is the only thing that really counts um mm. I really thank you for saving me in this one I really like the idea of laying off I have to admit I'm definitely just just the thought of that Glenn Murray chest to Dwight yeah. Gale yeah it just brings back so many great memories of that night I mean it's it's the best chest pass I think I've ever seen in, in Palace Colours and the finish from Dwight as well that left foot was fantastic so I think I th- we, we are getting specific with our answers here. I think we should go for uh, Muzzah's chest layoff. That is an absolutely fantastic uh, suggestion. I mean, I don't know. I was thinking before this that Carl Mortimer could, our social media, I could mock this up into a little image. I don't know how he's going to do this. Good luck, Carl. Uh, but let's move on to number five. Famously, Richard, it's five gold rings, uh, which James has gone for. Who has the golden touch? Wilfred Zaha and I also went for a, who runs rings around people I purely got Wilfred Zaha possibly Eberechi Eze a bit early maybe for him but that's how I've translated five gold rings what did you go for
2: yeah I translated it the same way uh but I went for slightly you know because I'm a bit old with new boys I went for slightly older player I went for Vince Allaire Yeah. He used to really do that thing where he would literally run around people and they'd sort of look behind them and go, Where's he gone? And he'd just be off. Uh and again, part of that fantastic team that promised so much. Um so yeah, Vince Hilaire for me is uh, I've still I still just remember actually he had a little Tash. A little (laughs) Tash for a while.
1: (laughs) Sorry to go back to Tashes,
2: but um Yeah, just very simply running rings around people, definitely Vince.
3: Jesse, I prefer yours, um, but I uh, the the route you guys went down, I I just looked at it and abstractly just thought, "What is in our trophy cabinet?" (laughs) 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 There's no gold, that's for sure. No, no. And then I just had a then the next thing that came to mind was the Zenith Data Systems Cup. Oh yeah. Um, and um, I actually didn't remember seeing it. I actually saw the Zidane Systems Cup. It's in the uh, National Football Museum in Manchester.
0: Oh,
3: um, yeah, along with a lot of silverware, actually um, retired um, silverware. So yeah, I, I thought the, the ZDS Cup was a sort of tenuous um, way of interpreting the sort of the booty of five gold rings, but. I think Vince Heller
1: is a great choice. Uh, uh, Purely because it's not golden and nothing is golden in in our (laughs) trophy cabinet. I think we have to uh, strike that one off, unfortunately. Uh, It'd be lovely to think that Palace had a trophy cabinet full of trophies that we could pick from uh, for this one. More than five five would be great. More than one would be great. But unfortunately, (laughs) that's where we are. I think Vince. I mean, it's between Vince and Wilf, but I think... I think Vince Hilaire, even though it's before my time, just conjures up wizardry and trickery and just what a fantastic player. So I'm going to put Vince in for five gold rings. So well done to Vince. Uh, Right, Jesse, uh, my entry for four calling birds comes with an apology because I did say earlier of Ladies Dancing I was trying to be (laughs) quite careful, quite woke about this. But I literally went, calling birds... Alan Pardy. Um <laughs>
2: That's
3: too obvious. <laughs> please please oh, pick
1: something. Please pick something that's more savoury than
3: that. Definitely definitely can help you there, Jim. You've come to the right place. So <laughs> I, I definitely went a little bit tangential with this as well. Um, I didn't know what a calling bird was. I don't know how many of our listeners are clued up in that area. But I Googled it and came across a whole load of info about the Origins behind this uh, Christmas song. Uh, Apparently, four calling birds has had various iterations over the years. It was once four canary birds. Here we go. (laughs) Okay. So Um, the Norwich flair, is it? I found a way in. Found a way in. (laughs) This
1: is great research.
3: Yeah, that's that's the levels I go to for you. Um, And then I just thought, you know, there's always that section in the programme. He played for both clubs. So I just sort of looked for one of those sort of nuggets. Got another sort of micro nugget for you, Rich. Oh, Uh, I'm I'm nuggeted out almost. Go on. (laughs) Did you know? Did you know that Phil Alexander played one game for Norwich? Wow! I do. How about that? I know.
1: Weirdly, I know this as well. He actually played 19 minutes. How do you know that? For Norwich, and it was against. West Bromwich Albion. Why well, has he never yeah. mentioned
2: that? It's not like it's sort of Dave Whelan thing. Oh, did you know I <laughs> broke my leg in the FA Cup? Yes, you have mentioned it two hundred and fifty-three times.
1: Well, I, I, I did, didn't know Phil Alexander played professional football. I know that he went and no, played no, for not. the London Monarchs, didn't he? He played... Yes. um He was kicker, quite a lot of... Him? Kicker. Yeah, quite a lot of... Because Clive Allen did the same thing, didn't he? Quite a lot of footballers at the time that then went and played NFL. or well, not mm. NFL. European FL. EFL, whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so is Big Phil your suggestion then?
3: I just thought it was so random. I had to go. In. I think <laughs> I like it. I, I, I like I, it a lot. I There's a there's a uh, website called excanaries.co.uk, and it's just got a section called Flown from the Nest, and uh, dedicated to every Norwich City player since 1980. And obviously, Phil played for them in 1981. That's convenient. They <laughs> they signed him from Wokingham Town for two thousand pounds. And it says here he did play 19 minutes for the Canaries in a league match against West Brom. Then he moved to New Zealand. What a feeling he'd been on the run ever since then. <laughs> <laughs> went, to New, went to New Zealand for a bit. Uh, and then he came back to England. Um, and then, yeah, he's got the London Monarchs here and the Philadelphia Eagles. He had a trial with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Chicago Bears. Wow.
1: <laughs> so, so, hey, actually, that's, he's got so many links there cause he's, he's flown the nest. From the canaries and ended up at the eagles another nest yes and he's also trained with well works for the eagles crystal palace and trained with the other eagles in america so everything is interlinked with phil
3: yeah and then played for the london monarchs we could have put him under five gold rings on that alone
1: As in, where, as in NFL rings.
3: Monarchs, just oh, gold. Monarchs. monarchs. Mm. Good. Just so
1: it's way, way above my intention. we getting more tenuous
3: <laughs> as it goes on. But this, I, yeah. this this had me. I just thought that hey, is so random. What's I think that's going? a great
1: shout. Um, oh, let me tell you what James went for. James went for who sh- for uh, four calling birds who shouts the most. Damien Delaney. But I I'm loving Big Phil as a suggestion. can you, can you better that, Richard?
2: No, actually, funnily enough, uh, I I had the same as James because I thought calling, you know, who was the most vocal and D- Damo was definitely vocal and, you know, he always stood up for our, you know, players when there was anybody trying to threaten them. Um, but, I mean, the philax, I thing it's just blown my mind. I mean, I'm, t- I'm, I'm going to have to have a lie down after this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Big Phil Alexander is in our list uh, for four calling birds, which written down looks a bit weird, but w- when, when once you explain the context, it's yeah. not as weird. Um, three French hens, Richard. Uh, I feel like we might all be on the same page with this. James has gone for the best French player, thinking goodbye. I thought three best French players. No one's saying we have to have one person for each of these. No. So I went for, and then I couldn't think of any French players other than goodbye. That were good, so I've just gone for <laughs> Flamini and Mandanda. But have we had? We must have had better French players. Sacco, well, Sacco, oh, Sa- French, no, Sacco of course. Yeah,
2: Sacco. Mandanda. I saw Mandanda was playing the Champions League last night. Was he say really? How many games did he play for us? Four or something? Seven or seven or eight, was it? I think. Maybe. Never
1: kept a clean sheet.
2: No. Um, so I don't think he would really make it, would he? <laughs> no, um, sorry, Kubai, I, I uh, for me, is the best French player we've ever had. Uh, I think he's yeah. exceptional and we still miss him in a way. But um, I went slightly odd on this because I thought, you know, I'm running out of things here. <laughs> so because my wife's a French teacher, I was thinking hens in French is poule. <laughs> Do you know this? Pool. So I, I went for
1: should have known Pool
2: yeah. Hinchelwood. Pool <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did wow. say we
1: went slightly off track
2: here, and that's yep. that's where I went, I'm afraid.
1: So how do you spell Pool? Is it P-O-U-L-E? Yes. Pool Hinchelwood. I mean, if that doesn't, as an answer, sum up this series, yeah. of this Hot Plans, that is excellent. Um, yeah. Jesse, I mean, the research you guys have done for the last two entries is phenomenal. Jesse, what have you gone for for three French ends?
3: <laughs> um, you're sort of expecting something now, aren't you? Um, I just thought Hen's just sort of like a rubbish eagle, isn't it? It's sort of like <laughs> not, So I just thought Who's a rubbish French player. Florian Marange. Not good. Not good enough. Yeah. So a French player who wasn't good, who couldn't quite measure up to being an eagle. Oh, Florian, I like that. Florian Marange. Wow, two very good translations there. What an experience. I mean, you need to try and get an interview with Florian Marange. I think (laughs) he's got a good story to tell. Yeah. Have you seen that Valerine Ishmael is now
2: manager at Barnsley? What is it with us at Barnsley today? he's, he's, He's manager at Barnsley. I don't know where he came from because he's never put, managed in this
3: country before. He suddenly turns up at Barnsley. There's a really funky appointments in the championship, isn't it? Like, what? Yes. first of all, Philip Koku was strange going to Derby and now Rooney. Yeah. yeah. Holding court and, and all the rest of it. Which is odd.
1: It makes you feel quite old when you see players you remember making their debut at 16 and now <laughs> managers. Mm. When I was growing up, managers were always really old people, but they're now younger than me. It's weird. Um, Two brilliant translations there, guy. I genuinely don't know who to go for, other than p- Pool Hot Inshawood. Oh, it's got to be Pool oh. Inshawood, isn't it? <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Oh yeah, that's great. That's excellent. okay. I'm gonna put le, le pool. Is it le or la for a chicken?
2: Le uh, pool. My wife's at school, so I can't tell you. <laughs> la la
1: pool. pool. I think it's I a think la. It's la. I think it's. Mm, yeah. Oh, I think oh, okay. Well, I think any
2: every bird is a la. Is it? I don't know. Feminine. La. Just make it out. Pool.
1: La pool. La poule, la p- oh wow, this has turned into a, I'll put la, um, yeah. right, la poule in short, <laughs> excellent, uh, we're into the final couple now, two turtle doves, now let me tell you what I went, I'll tell you what James went for, he went for, who spends most of their time on their back, Connor Wickham on the injury table, the turtle doves spend time on their turtle? back, do they? Oh,
2: turtle! sorry, sorry, I, was, I missed that one
1: So Wickham gets a vote there uh, yeah. I went for Turtle Doves, two Turtle Doves together Who have been good partnerships at Palace Ooh. So I've gone for Clinton and Dougie Up Ooh. front in the uh, the late 2000s, mid 2000s Then I thought Bromances I don't, I don't know, All I could think of was Wilf and Yannick As like a proper Palace Bromance Or Ooh. Derry and Butterfield I know they were best mates and still are uh and then i struggled and i went down the turtle route and thought of teenage mutant ninja turtles and thought of eric young wearing a headband like the <laughs> turtle but i admit that is Ooh. that i've gone off piece there um so jesse how did you translate this
3: one i actually struggled with this one i think you nailed it though we've got two or three great little ways in there i sort of thought about turtle you know gone mis- gone hiding gone missing which, which player's gone missing Mm. Um, and I just thought actually it's just
2: going to end up with something quite negative so I can't be bothered to think of anyone <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: the way to do it <laughs> uh, yes we prefer positivity on this on this broadcast um, the positivity of Simon <clears> Jordan, <throat> Jordan of course Um Richard what, what did you go for
2: well again I, like you guys I struggled a bit but then I suddenly had an inspiration, I had a flash <laughs> David Tuttle, Tuttle.
1: Turtle. Dump, Dave, turtle. Oh, <laughs> good. Come on. Come on. That's
3: straight
1: out of the J.D. joke, but no, <laughs> you just, You've ramped up the puns in the last two rounds. Well, I'm just responding to you, basically, because, you know, I, I mean,
2: you're the king of puns and I'm the prince. You know, I'm just trying to catch you up.
1: Dave Tuttle Dove. Turtle Dove's Tuttle Dove. He,
2: did, he played a bit like a turtle as well, didn't he? He was centre-back, but he was a bit, ooh.
1: he was the joker wasn't he in the palace restaurant because i remember they did this thing when they used to train at um street court near godston and um you could book during the summer when the players weren't there when the players were there for like pre-season but i'm not playing just like doing weights and stuff you could book for like a week-long course i would have been about 14 and me and my mate mark mark ritson um went along and played at this call hoping to get signed by palace or hoping to like oh you know impress them never got the phone call um but dave tuttle was there and he loved it He'd get all the kids around he was like joking taking the piss out of the other players like he was proper dressing room joker and would regularly come down and take the piss out of us while we were doing our sessions as well um which you know was fun at the time but did hurt when i went home um but he was yeah very much a joker so um I think Dave Tuttle Dove will go in as number as our Turtle Dove. Excellent. <laughs> Which leaves us, Jesse, with the big one, the partridge in a pear tree. James has gone for the same person I've gone for. He's put big bird in inverted commas. I'm guessing that's an insult of some sort. I'm not quite sure. Alan Pardew. I went for Alan Partridge Pardew so I don't think we've had a manager that's oh, as much good. Partridge As Alan Pardew But Jesse what have you gone for
3: Pretty topical actually Because I thought what's the most Partridge-esque um, Palace moment I could think of And as recently as this week Martin Kelly live streaming a chess match <laughs> Sounds just like A Alan Partridge Pitch to a commissioning <laughs> <laughs> so straight out of the monkey tennis sort of realm. It's just brilliant. Um, and we've had a lot of, uh, even this morning, just by some strange coincidence, we've been talking about the uh Hey Dougie, which you may know as a, a father of a young child. Yeah, no, well,
1: yeah, great show. Um,
3: great show. you aware of Hey Dougie, Rich? No. It's an animated me. series on iPlayer. It's excellent. But the, the creator, did you know, is a oh. Palace fan. I, I did not know that friends with John Curran and uh, he sits sits near where I sit in the main stand very nice guy I won't say his name but I don't know if he wants to be identified um, huh. and I thought we had a bit of chat with JC on Twitter this morning about whether if he could get some sort of confirmation or denial <laughs> that um, hey Dougie is some sort of tenuous reference to Dougie Friedman <laughs> and uh, still waiting on a knife edge to hear and uh, then won't get this rich because this is the premise of the show. But in every show, they try and teach kids how to achieve some sort of badge, don't they? Yeah, it's got some sort of qualifications. I thought, what would the Hey Dougie badge be? be the free transfer badge, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. I think someone's got to do maybe a Palace Minute. I'm making a, making a plea for Palace Minute to do a cover of hey dougie where dougie friedman gets the free transfer badge <laughs> that is
1: ex- I'll, as references go jesse that is right up my street mm. <laughs> currently that is massively in my wheelhouse if it turns out that hey dougie which is already one of my favorite shows on cbb's is a reference to dougie friedman um I, I don't know what to do i will i will lose my shit um richard uh by the way anyway ch- chess with martin kelly is what I've got down currently It's a great entry uh, Richard what have you got
2: Well it's checkmate isn't it with that one but, um,
1: <laughs> I went as a bit of a I'm, a I'm not a birder
2: I'm not you know I'm not a twitcher But I do like you know I've, I've got a few books about birds As in things that fly in the sky And I was thinking What's the most common partridge in the UK And I suddenly went It's a grey partridge So I went for Julian Grey so Julian Gray It just it seems to make sense But then against Kelly playing chess And putting it out there is, I mean it's just nowhere I It's not to, even on the, the radar I
1: have to tip my hat to your entries Suddenly from 3-2-1 going Massively pun orientated Which I'm a big fan of <laughs> You could
2: tell I was running out of ideas
1: <laughs> um, Julian Gray Well I mean he was a good player for us only there a short time, but he was a good player for Palace. Um, first player with Tommy Black that we signed after administration, I believe, in 2000. Anyway, I think Chessy Martin Kelly is going to be our, <laughs> our entry for that, which leaves, lads, I mean, this is, just, this is the most random episode we've done, but I have to say it's up there as one of my favourites. For the 12 days of Christmas, 12 drummers drumming are the Homesdale fanatics, 11 pipers piping Simon Jordan piping up on Talksport. Should I be singing this? Maybe. Um, ten Lords are leaping. Christian Benteke heading the ball. Nine ladies dancing. Ian Holloway dancing in the Amex changing room. Eight maids are milking. Is Benteke and Sacco's handshaker Anfield. Seven swans are swimming. Shefki Kuki's brilliant celebration. Six geese are laying. Mother's chest off to Gale against Liverpool. Five golden rings. Is just quite simply Vince Hilaire. Four calling birds. It's a big Phil Alexander, (laughs) uh, three French hens, Le Poul Hinchelwood, two turtle doves, Dave Tuttle Dove, and a partridge in a pear tree, chess with Martin Kelly. It doesn't get more (laughs) party hot pants (laughs) than that. That is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Over to you, you.
3: Carl. Can you visualise that? (laughs) Yeah,
1: good luck, (laughs) Carl. Um, Or or maybe we can send that out. Uh, jesse on our instagram over the 12 days of christmas with a separate post or something each day maybe mm. and get people to send in comment their suggestions great sure. nice so lads thank you very much for uh another fantastic episode of party's hot pants and a merry christmas to you both i hope you both have a great christmas
2: uh yeah merry christmas to you uh hopefully get a few points uh, along the way and go into the new year with a a, a fresh you know, leap in our step, let's say.
1: Indeed. And uh, Jesse, in your new Shea voice, I hope you have a great first Christmas.
3: Thanks so much. And same back at you both. And all our listeners, Merry Christmas, all FYP, and all who, all who sail within her. Yes. <laughs>
1: Indeed. Yes, we do really appreciate your support for uh, Paddy's Hot Pants and the main pod. And if you have a suggestion, like James Lane did for a future-themed episode for Paddy's Hot Pants, Please do let us know. You can tweet us at FYP Fanzine. We're on Instagram and Facebook as well on the same handle or, or email us contact at FYPfanzine.uk. We'll be back in January with another episode of Pardue's Hot Pants. But until then, have a fantastic Christmas. Let's hope Palace bring us some presents. Stay safe and we'll see you again
2: soon.
0: Progressive Insurance protects people's cars, homes, and other vehicles. But if you've ever seen our commercials or even just heard our name, you probably already knew that. What you may not know is that we support Humble Design, a nonprofit that furnishes homes for families and veterans emerging from homelessness. Because a little help goes a long way. And a lot of help. Well, you get the idea. Now, if you already knew all of this about Progressive Insurance, we're impressed. We'll have to find something else cool to tell you next time. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.